The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. Thanks for being with me this morning. Hope you had a wonderful week as we talk about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future and what that's all about. Uh, look, we've talked about this before. <laughs> you know, I want you to to the whole, stay home, stay safe. I, I don't know, guys. It's hard, right? Because I'm in business like you. You know, we have a job and, and you want to be honest. So if you're a believer, you have a direction that says, I need to be truthful. If you're a person of integrity, you're saying I need to, to uh, you know, first make sure that I'm true to myself. I mean, right? All of these things, whichever direction you go. And somehow it seems like this is a bit of an overreaction. We've talked about this, but who knows? We'll find out, and eventually you'll be able to play back the shows and say, Arif, you were completely wrong, or man, Arif, you were right. I'm naming my grandchild Arif, right? You can, you can do that. I'll give you permission. It's a, it's a crazy time. Hey, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. This is what I found in the last couple of weeks, and you're going to find it a lot more going forward. I mean, when I say a lot, this is going to be one of the top three things that you're going to find in your financial life as you move forward. Number one, you're either going to ask somebody to co-sign for a loan or you are going to co-sign for a loan for somebody else. Because if you're the one that's left with credit and money and a job at the time you know, when all of this craziness ends, then you will be the person that they ask for. Say, hey, aunt so-and-so, right? Aunt, aunt Millie, you know, Uncle Albert, hey, can you do something? Aunt Sarah, Grandma, Grandpa, right? Papa, you know the, the terms that they use when they need something, right? Like, like you do with your mom. Remember when you were little? If, if you needed something, you would say, you know, hey, Mommy, ah, you want something, right? Instead of just Mom. So that's the same thing. Your phone will start to ring as this mess begins to uh, unravel and unwind, if you will, going forward. But what I want you to do is to focus on a couple of things because here's what I'm going to find is a big problem that, that you need to know. When it comes to co-signing for a loan, I'm going to give you the top things that I have found people co-sign for loans on and the reasons why you shouldn't. Because your retirement life is, is a reflection of a lifelong uh, of habits, a lifelong of decisions that you make. And believe it or not, it can all be undone with one mistake, right? A bad investment, too much money in the stock market, and stock market goes down 30%, 40%. Uh, counting on one source of, of retirement income, right? An apartment complex, except like one of our clients during the Northridge earthquake, he forgot to get earthquake insurance. And a 28, I guess it was, I think it was 28 unit apartment complex, which was his retirement, collapsed, and he didn't have insurance, earthquake insurance. He resorted to living in the back bedroom this guy was a multimillionaire in the back bedroom of his daughter in a house in Topanga Canyon. So this is important you know this because 
I don't want a lifelong of habits and built up to be overcome by a moment of guilt or shame or a sense of responsibility. All of those things could be used for good, right? I, well, first of all, I think we have a, a lack of shame in our community. Look around, right? Especially in our politicians, there's a lack of uh, shame in, in our Virginia governor, right? There's no, no sense of, oops, I'm sorry, let me start over, or, hey, can I ask for your forgiveness? You know, no, no there's none of that. So in a moment of that, when people come to you with a sense of guilt and, and pride and whatever it might be to convince you, I need you to pause. You can give them my number. We can do a three-way call, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. We can do a three-way call, sit down and say, hey, so here's what's going to happen if you don't pay that loan that you want your uncle, your father, your aunt, whatever, to, co- to co-sign for. It, it, it can be bad, not a little bit bad. I, I actually had a client call me and wanting me to, to co-sign for a loan. Now, first of all, that's an unethical thing, so that's right off the bat, couldn't happen. I said, that's not something I can do for you. You know, you're a client. That's not how, how it works, and, and we don't do that. As much as I'd like to, right? Yeah, I'd love to, but I just can't. It's not, my, it's not in my ethical wheelhouse. It's not something we would do. Okay. He's asking, I said, well, why don't you just go to the credit union or just go to the bank? Look, there are some companies, some banks, believe it or not, that will give you what's called a pink slip loan. In other words, if you own a vehicle, they will take the, uh, the pink slip, they will take the ownership documents and in turn give you money and you just make a payment back to them. Credit unions do it. I don't know how far back, you know, if it's a 2010 or 2015, I don't know what numbers they, they have limits. Certainly, they're not going to take your 1974 Pinto and give you... <laughs> give you any money on it. Here's 40 bucks and, and you know, they, they ask for a change of 22 or something. It, they wouldn't do that. But you just might get a, a loan on some other vehicles. So I told him, I said, hey, go to the bank, go to the credit union. He says, Eric, I could never part with my truck. I said, no, 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 that's not how it works. Because you said you're going to pay the loan back, you get the pink slip back. They don't even take the car. The, the car stays in your property. You know, you get the right to drive it. Just like you had a regular loan, you just make the payment. He goes, well, if something goes wrong, I just can't be without that, that truck. It's a, it was a kind of a nice one-of-a-kind type pickup, limited edition, I guess. So immediately that told me that it wasn't his intention to ever pay back the loan to begin with because he's immediately living without that vehicle. But you just told me if you wanted to borrow money from me, it's because you wanted to – because you were going to pay it back. Well, just pay back the bank. It's It's fine. The difference is they have you know, more expensive lawyers than I do, and they'll easily go in and, and foreclose or, or repossess, whatever the, the case might be, on whatever property you've given them. So I always want to encourage you, when you are a co-signer, here's what that means. It means you are just as legally obligated to pay off that debt as the other person. Now, what that means is if you are in a position for that debt to not have been paid by your your grandchild, for example, then it's yours. Now, you never get to drive the car. You don't even know where it is. You, you can't sit in the house. You don't get to live in the apartment that they rented. Right? I'm going to go over a list of things. This can be pretty bad. It, it can go bad very quickly because lenders will perceive the applicants, the ones that can't qualify as a poor uh, financial risk, 
because of their history. So if there's a chance they won't repay, they'll say, we'll give you this brand new car at 17% interest, but you're going to have to go find a cosigner. Or sometimes the kids will say, you know, Auntie, I, I get an 11% interest rate on this car, but if you co-sign with me, I'll get a better interest rate. My payment will be lower. Well, that's, if that's true, if that's the case, right, then just realize that there's a reason they have a crummy credit. And for you to be the person to, to fit, fix that problem doesn't work. Right? You can, if you want to give them money, give them money. I'd prefer you give them money than give them your name and your social security number. I'd prefer you give them name, uh, money than your word on paying it to a lender. Because sometimes these don't work. Now, sometimes they do, of course. And when everything works well, right? Close your eyes and run across the freeway. Just because you didn't get hit, it doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It's Yeah, yeah, it's a bad idea. Oh, yeah, but, but I didn't have any consequences. Well, do it again at rush hour and see what happens. Close your eyes and run across the freeway. Yeah, imagine that. It was a bad idea. Right? The results, the consequences don't always lead to the financial decision being a good or a bad one. Sometimes, believe it or not, people are lucky. Can you say Las Vegas? Right? People have problems sometimes, uh, you know, gambling, gamblers. Right? And they go to a, a gambling joint, a casino, and they put the house mortgage. They put the rent money. And when they lose, right, it's, of course, it's expected. And when they win, it isn't like they did anything. It's not as if they said, well, look how smart I am. When you co-sign for a loan and it works out, it doesn't mean it was a good idea. It just means you didn't get hit by a car running across the 405 freeway. Right? So I don't like this unless, ready? Unless you are prepared to pay it off. Now, you might be. You might say, listen, I have 10x money, right? I have 10 times what I need. And this is 1x. And if they don't pay it, yeah, it stinks. I'll write a check. I'm never going to give them any money again. This is their inheritance. Great. Just give them the inheritance, not your credit, not your, your name. Because many, many things happen. Co-signing a loan is basically a high risk and a low reward event because it's usually going to be a car, sometimes a student loan, sometimes a mortgage for a house. I mean, can you imagine? Here's what will happen. I, I've seen this happen all the time, not just like probably 99% of the time. And that's not, it could be 99.5. Ready? Hey, dad, would you co-sign for me on, on this house loan? And then in escrow or shortly thereafter, you quit claim your name off of it, which means you now are obligated to pay for a house that you do not own. Because when you quit, which means you release your name from the deed, but you cannot release your name from the loan. Because why would the lender do that? Say, are you kidding me? I have two people that are going to re be responsible for paying. One who actually is mature and cares about their credit and the other one we're crossing our fingers with. So I don't know. If you're a lender, you're not going to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to release you. What you're going to do is say, when you pay off this loan, I'll release you. So here are some things. When you buy a car or lease a car, co-signers, problem. Stay away from it. Student loan. Now, look, I do not like parent plus loans. 
A Parent Plus loan is where you sign your name to that loan if your child doesn't pay or or you just start off from the beginning expecting to pay. We have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 120,000. Now, when 2020, when 2020 year, uh, year statistics come out, I will bet this is going to be at least, I don't know, probably 130, 140,000, maybe more. Ready? Today, there's 120,000 Americans collecting Social Security and having their wages garnished from student loan debt that's owed, whether it's them when they went back to school in 2008, when they went back, you know, you all have those. I have a relative, a perpetual student, right? I think two bachelors, two masters, and a PhD, right? I, I was done working by the time this guy got out of school. I mean, I, I semi-retired in my 30s, and this guy was still in school, just graduating. Yay, get your life started when he was the same age, you know, in his 30s. So I share that with you because I want you to think just because somebody is in school forever delaying, deferring their student loan debt doesn't make it right. So you are responsible because the day that they can't pay that, you have to. And if they delay paying it, for example, they are 22 years old, they need help for for a master's or a PhD student loan, it's $100,000. Well, that's fine. It's deferred. It's deferred. It's deferred. It's deferred. They can stay in, stay in school for 10 years. And before, you thought it was going to be paid off in 10 years. It hasn't even begun for 10 years because you don't get to decide when they get out of school. They decide. And now they are 32 years old, and you're their parent, right? So let's say you, you started at 42, 44, and now you're 54 years old or 64 years old. And they say, listen, work is tough. There's a virus thing. I don't want to get the V. What do I do? How do I run? What do I say? Right? So what do they do? Well, they'll understand. They're not going to. The government looks at you. It says, well, listen, I understand Susie doesn't have a job, but you're tenured. You're an executive vice president at this company and you have a job. So with all that being said, pay. Pay us. So when people are getting into their 60s and 70s and their student loans are not paid or the ones that they obligated to are not paid, they, they debit your, your social security check because you guys voted for a president that said, hey, by the way, guys, I am going to uh, ban private student loans. I'm going to make the IRS the collection agency and the government the lender for student loans. And so grandpa, bear, you know, government gets involved. Remember, government doesn't decide the people there, right, how many people does it take to distribute the money, these stimulus checks, right? People that swore they would never take a penny from the government, right? It's like a, a, a you know, one of those movies where people are prisoners of war and they're all sitting there, never, never, never surrender. And then they get caught and then they're never, I'm never going to. And then before you know it, they're saying, hey, listen, you know, I just want food. Just give me food and water. And they'll do whatever their captors say. I mean, doesn't it seem that way? People, companies, individuals that would never take a penny from the government are now first in line with their hands out. Because the government shuts down one side, which is your ability to produce goods and services. And then it locks you down on the other side and says, well, 
you know, say pretty please, and they dangle. Here, here you go. Come on, you can get it. Jump, jump. What is that? That State Farm fishing commercial? You know, where the guy's got the little, you know, when he's in, he's in his waders. Come on, you can get it. You can get it. Reach it. And all of a sudden, people that had no business asking for money because they would never do so. Well, that's the same thing in the student loan world, guys. This is horrible. How about credit cards? Let me give you the difference between an authorized user and a joint credit card. Okay, so my daughter goes to college. She has an off- she's an authorized user on my credit card. That means she has a credit card with her name on it. She can swipe it. She signs her name, but I'm 100% responsible for everything. I can shut it down. I can ask for a higher limit, a lower limit. I can cancel her card. I can do whatever I want. I am the one in control, but I'm also the one that's responsible for 100% of that payment. Okay, now, if my daughter goes to college, she says, Dad, I want to start building my own credit. Can we be joint on this credit card? So they, they run her social security number and mine, and I have good credit. She has new credit. Fine. They'll say, oh, we'll give you money because if you don't pay, young lady, your dad has to pay, except she has the ability to ask for a higher limit, to charge whatever she wants, to not have any restrictions on the card. She can double it, triple it, whatever she wants to do. And at the end, I'm the one responsible for it as well because it's a joint. Okay, so two different types of credit cards, authorized user, joint credit card, joint owner. So in my opinion, if you're going to do this, many people do, especially today in the cashless society, instead of giving Susie or Jimmy, you know, $10 or $20 a week or whatever it is in today's, uh, you know, allowance that people give, eh, consider doing an authorized user. Better yet, here's, here's Arif's perfect world, right? Here's my perfect world. I'd like you to give them a gift card, a debit card that has a rechargeable amount. You put in 250 bucks, they got to call you when they want more. Hey, listen, I gave it to you three days ago. Where did it all go? Or, you know what? I'm going to put 250 a month. Go to town. Or 500 or 1,000, whatever number you decide. And that is how you can regulate so that the spigot doesn't just keep running dry when you're not paying attention. It's a small cup, and when the cup is empty, you can fill it up if you choose. Much different. Triple eight ninety nine retire Grab your cell phones, grab your pens, papers, whatever you'd like. I want to give you this number again. 888-997-3847. 888-997-3847. Okay. We're talking about co-signing, student loans co-signing. Here's what I do not like. I don't like it when you co-sign for that house. Remember, remember how I mentioned it. Now, sometimes people will rent. Okay, now this is a problem when you're trying to rent a house and they say, you don't have good enough credit, get a cosigner. Right? Three, three college boys or four young ladies from college or whatever, and they're all going to rent a house. There's a risk there. There's a risk they're going to punch a hole in the wall and walk away. There's a risk two of them are going to leave and you're the one that co-signed it with your daughter and the rest of them said, forget it. I don't have anything. And that the leaser, the leaseor says, you know, this is a pretty good because I have one parent. So I don't care about the other three. I'm glad they're paying, but I have one parent and that parent is on the hook. So if they damage it, if they walk from the lease, if they don't move out, 
I can sue that one parent. So if you're going to sign your name or co-sign your name to a lease, man, that is just kind of like giving yourself an, a checkbook and, and giving it out to them and saying, hey, guys, here there are 10 checks in here. I signed 10 of them. Promise? <laughs> hey, 19-year-old kid, promise that you're not going to you know, break something? Promise you're going to pay on time? Promise you're not going to let the electric bill run for three months before they close it out and I owe all of these late fees? So be cautious. If you're going to get involved, if you're going to be somebody who is co-signing on a house, co-signing on a lease, here's what I want you to do. Never quit claim the house. In other words, your name stays on that house until they refinance your name off of that house. They will try everything. And here's how it normally works. Normally, it's the son and the father will do it for the son. And then the son comes sometimes later and says, you know, Dad, my wife is having a problem with your, your being co-owner of the house. She just doesn't feel. And he'll use feel words all day long, and he'll say it's her, and she feels. And the way she feels, Dad, is, you know, that we should have it off. So we feel. I say, okay. So when they come to me and they say, so what do you think? I go, man, you can do whatever you want, but let me explain something to you. Until they refinance the house, you owe money. You're responsible for a house that you're not allowed to walk in that it's illegal for you to touch. So why don't you pay my house? And they laugh. I go, no, no, no. Tell you what, you can pay my house payment because you're not, your name isn't on my house. And if she leaves him, and this, is, this happened recently, she was preparing to leave him. And so she was setting this up so that the dad was off of the ownership of the house, but responsible for the loan. So she asked the, the young man to leave. She stayed in the home didn't pay it, and now it's in foreclosure, and it's sinking the son and the father's credit because her name, her name wasn't even on the loan. And she said, oh, you know, it just makes me feel like it's more like our house when your dad's name is not on the loan. And so the son bought it. So she was staying in a house in California with California eviction rules as a divorced or you know separated spouse, and nobody could kick her out for months and months and months. So the point is, I don't want you to be responsible for a house where you say, well, look, here's my only two choices, Arif. Mess up my credit or I have to make a payment where this lady and her, her new boyfriend were living. He said, how horrible is that, that I have to make a payment to a house in order to preserve my credit because the lease is still going or the, uh, the loan is still in my name? I mean, you follow me? So please be careful. These are worst case scenarios, but they're not really. You all know somebody who got in trouble for co-signing on a loan. It might have been a little car loan. It could have been a used car, but it could have been a student loan. Think twice. After the break, I'm going to give you solutions. Like what do I think is the best way to go about it when each of these um, things occur? Right When each of these problems occur, whether it's student loan or credit card, I'm okay with that. But here's the thing that I, I don't like. When it comes to leasing or renting, I don't know if I'm not a fan of you co-signing. Right? Because I think when you do that and they bring in a roommate to try to make ends meet, and then in the California occupancy rules and eviction rules, your son or daughter moves back home. And the apartment still has four months left. 
and the roommate is there, and the roommate changed their driver's license and is now receiving mail at that location and legitimately moved in. It wasn't, you know, a burglar or, or a, a um, you know, a, um, oh gosh, what do you call it? Uh, where they run around and, and uh, oh, squatter, that's the one I was looking at, squatter, right? We don't, we're not interested in that. Uh, I have to be careful. I almost said a word that we used to say in the police department and that was really what's on my mind. So I'm grateful that, uh, you know, I'm a bit more refined now <laughs> with my language. All right, guys, thanks for uh, staying with me. Stay with me after the break, though, as we continue. I'm going to give you solutions to this co-signing madness as we are going to see this begin to increase dramatically in the next two years. 888 retire 888-997-3847, the total financial hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me. We'll be right back. Financial power, the total Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back to the show, the total financial hour. Thanks for being with me. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Folks, look, part of the exciting thing with this uh, financial world, if you will, is this is a really a, a washing out or a clarity of your values. It's a clarity of who you are. Clarity of what's important to you. For many of you, when I say that, you know, look, you've been stuck, so to speak, with your family uh, with limited access of going outside. You have to decide if that's part of the life that you see for your future. Is that going to be called normal? Or are you going to get away from some of the crazy scared tactics? I don't mean cautious. I don't mean, you know, you're not going to run around and, uh, you know, act like a golden retriever and lick everybody as you're walking down the street. (laughs) You know, you can have some common sense, right? I don't know, man. Shutting down the entire country, 36, 37 million people in the state of California. That's more than some countries. 37 million. And I think, uh, you know, this week we're up to, God forbid, but 1,500, 2,000, less than 2,000. I don't know. And, you know, they're misdiagnosing some of these in in New York. So what about New York? Well, I don't know. Look at the number. What what is the uh, the thing? A friend of mine who's a physician said said if you reach the age of eighty, some sort of a number. I don't know if it was ninety percent of men have prostate cancer, but they don't die from it. So if you were to to have every single person that passes away past the age eighty, and if they had a particular thing, prostate cancer, thyroid cancer, most people that reach age seventy five or eighty or ninety, you know, they're going to have thyroid cancer. It's a very slow moving cancer. God forbid it happens to some, but they said that if they pass with it, it doesn't mean they passed. Because of it. Many people are just passing and they have similar symptoms, right? People died of pneumonia all the time. God, it's horrible. I just want you to take a step back and think. Stop this reaction. I'm not a conspiracy nut. I just think you need to, to think about this stuff for a minute. You know, take a deep breath. Your family's going to be fine. And you know, you're not going to run around and put your kids in the Purell bubble wrap. Relax for a minute. I think they're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Imagine the amount of people... In California, 35, 37 million of them and 2,000 or less have passed away. You guys, come on. You know, more, more die in a, in a uh, you know, 4th of July long weekend in car accidents, Memorial Day. Add a couple of holidays in there, and that's, that's more people than that. We're not banning automobiles. We're not, to, you know, canceling all road travel. All right. So just, you get it? 
yeah, but air if it, it transmits fast. I get it. That's what they're saying. And then people recover. I, I don't know. Some do. I've had friends that have lost their moms. Two, three, four of them. One, two, three, four of them. I hate that. But I don't know. Do you shut down the whole country? You guys, that's a question you're going to have to answer. I can't answer it for you. All right, we're talking about a co-signing. I think this is an important part of your retirement life because by definition, when you're retired, it means you have enough money, enough income that comes from other sources rather than you working. So you will become the bullseye on on your back, right? You're going to become, and some of you like it. Some of you have enough money and you're, you're comfortable with your habits. You're comfortable with your judgment. So you're not going to give more than you have, more than you should, more than you can, right? You're, you're better than that. So you're willing to, to manage that. I'm okay with that, right? Alcohol isn't bad. It's people that abuse it that, that shouldn't be visiting a bar, right? So if you're pretty good with, with having a drink or two and you're all right with that, then that's, that's your life, no problem. But if you find that you can't, then you don't even visit a bar and ask for a club soda. You just stay out of them, right? So if you can't control how you lend money to others, if you don't have that, that self-control, then you know what you do? You lend zero. You have a policy of zero, never co-signing, never lending, ne- done, zero. I cannot trust myself. And there are people like that. There are some of you that walk through this earth. You're very well in touch and self-aware of who you are. And you know, don't do this. I'm not good here. I'm great over there. That is the same thing that applies to money. If you find you are pretty good, you're never going to lend out next month's mortgage payment or the property taxes that are due this year. You're you're good with that. You have enough of those dollars and you want to lend out a little bit. You want to help a little bit. No problem. Do it. You're good. Here's how you do it in the world of a car. Okay, number one, if you're going to lend out an automobile, a co-sign for an automobile, number one, You need to make sure that you have a key to that car. Follow me? If I'm going to co-sign for your car, I need a key for your car. And I need to be what's called an additional insured. So if you crash your automobile and and it's your fault, and on the title it says Steve Jones and Arif Jones, right? Uncle Arif then I need to be insured as well. And you have to pay it. You have to pay. It's not very much money, actually, very low. But you have to pay the insurance for your car that insures you and the insurance for your car that insures me as one of the owners. Because as an owner, you can also be sued, by the way. All right, so very important. And if you're going to co-sign for a car, you got a key, you have an additional insured, I also want to be notified if there are any changes, meaning if they sell the car for $50 because they have a drug habit or they fail to insure the car and they let it lapse, I need to be notified because sometimes they'll get this insurance, that you know, the cheap insurance you can buy by the day or something, by the month, and it barely ever covers. They almost never cover. It's horrible, just so you know. It's better to have good good credit and good driving record. And what you'll do, hey, listen, man, I need to be notified. Because if this insurance cancels or if they're late payment on it, 
I might need to go buy insurance. And then guess what? I have a key, and guess what I'm going to do to my car? I am repossessing my car. In fact, it was never possessed by anybody else because I'm the owner, so I'm just possessing my car. (laughs) I don't have to re-anything. And the other kid, young man, listen, you get it. You come up with the car insurance money, and you can start driving the car. Otherwise, I'm selling our car because I'm not going to pay it, and you certainly aren't going to pay it. Got it? So I need you to be a little tough. And here's what you do. Ready for the good news? When the car is paid off, you say, listen, I will. I don't want a penny. I don't want a penny of profit. I don't want a penny of the sale price. I will sign away the car to you the moment it is paid off. So when you come to me with the pink slip, I will sign away on the back my ownership of that car. And you are the new owner 100%. Right? So there's an incentive there and there's an honor there because you're trying to help them out, but you're not a, you're not a dummy, dummy guy in the, in the story. You're not the sucker in the story, right? Okay, what about a, a credit card? I've touched on it a little bit. I like the authorized user as the worst case scenario if you have a child that is a little bit young or immature with money, but here's a better way to go. And this is what I mentioned just before the break. It is a debit card that has a preloaded system. It, it has the Visa or the MasterCard or the American Express logo. So it has the logos on it. Maybe Discover Card does it. I don't know. And you can buy it. You can put $500 at a time on it. You have the online code. You can log in. Take a look. Oh, gosh, here's where they're shopping. Wow, what are you doing at this at the liquor store, you know, 15 times this month? Right? It, what's, the, what's the problem with this? And so in that process, you can look at it and say, you know what? I'm not going to give you any more money because look at where you spent it. Cash advance, cash advance, cash advance. So who knows what you're doing with the, quote, cash advance. But if it's the grocery store, if it's the gas station, if it's, you know, a restaurant now and again, and you're, you're comfortable with that, then, boop, here you go. I'm going to have them, you know, I'm going to fill it up with 200 or $500 more, whatever it is that, that's comfortable for you. But I like those refillable double cards. Why? There's no credit uh, check required. There's no link to you except whatever you've transferred into that card, and then it's gone. That money's over. Okay, you can't, um, you know, really jump in and say, oh, wait, 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 it's, it's over for all intents and purposes, right? The card is, is filled. Okay, so that's my credit card store. Here's what I've seen with the house, and I've seen this happen, as I mentioned a couple of times before, where the wife has, uh, in fact, we had two recently where uh, one was a newlywed couple and one was a couple that had just had a baby and the wife decided she wanted to leave and her name was not. But what she did first, because the, the father of the husband, stay with me here, the father of the husband is the one that co-signed for the, for the house. So her name was not on it. And she must have gone to an attorney because she knew how to navigate this story and she went to the husband and said, you know, honey, I just don't feel comfortable with your dad being the owner. It just doesn't feel like mine. And they argued and they had little spats. And then finally, like every good husband, he acquiesces and, f- and fails to uh, follow through and just goes to her, her, his dad and says, hey, can you, do you mind signing off this? It's given me and so-and-so problems. I just want to be off the loan. Okay, no problem. Yeah, you guys have paid the mortgage. It's been four years. You paid, no problem. Well, little did he know that this lady had a honey on the side and as soon as the loan was, the, the house now was in husband and wife name, but who was responsible for the house? 
right? The responsibility of the house was the father and the husband. The ownership of the house was the husband and the wife. I mean, do you understand? The wife owns a house that she's not responsible to pay. So then, a few months later, she asks him to leave, and she doesn't have to pay the mortgage. So now to keep their credit nice, both the husband and the father are trying to stay on track here to pay this mortgage. So the lady, the the wife and, and her new boyfriend are all living in the same house and life is great and paying nothing. You know, there are late payments on the, on the uh, electric bill. There are late payments on the water. Just a mess. So you can imagine the horror for this gentleman, the father, who was our client. That's how we found out about it. So here's how you solve those problems when your child comes to you and wants you to co-sign on a house. All right. Number one, first of all, you never, if you do that, if you've done it or you plan on doing it, never quit to claim a house. I'm never going to give up ownership of a house that I have responsibility to pay. No. What, what, what are you thinking? Forget it. Second, you need a timeline for them to refinance you out of that house. So I get it. You guys want a house. You want to play grown up. This is wonderful. I love it. Maybe, you know, listen, in Southern California, a lot of us might need a little bit of a boost. Got it. Okay. But in two years, you refinance this house, come heck or high water. You refinance it under your qualifications. You'll have a little bit of equity. Hopefully, the market will go up. You'll also have time to build up your savings account, so you better be saving money, so in case you need to pay down the mortgage a little bit. And you've, keep, you've kept your credit clean. You've done well. You've paid the bills. It's going to show up on your credit report that you've paid on time. This is amazing. You guys are great. And I will go bye-bye. Two years. So you set a time. Maybe it's four years. Maybe it's one year. I don't know. But you set a time for them to refinance out of it, and you're on the other side. Okay? Important you know that. Because I want you to be in a position to have that off of your back plate. You don't need to get in the middle of their marriage. Okay, you don't need to get in the middle. Everybody knows that. If you're married or been married or have a girlfriend or boyfriend, you you know when you're having a discussion and there's a third person in that conversation, whether it's a whether it's a ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or a mom or a dad or an in-law, no thank you. It doesn't go well. The more people pass two in an argument, the more problems there are. So you listen, guys and gals, you don't need to be part of that argument. Mom, sometimes you want to help out. Here's how you do it. You just give them money for the down payment of the house. Now, if you can afford it, it's gone, done. Here's 20000 10000 50000 whatever number it is. Here's money for the down payment of the house. Go bye-bye. That's a solution. Your name is nowhere to be found on it. Now, here's another option. But Arif... I can do that, but they still don't have the credit for, you know, these houses in our area, they're 500,000, you have to make this much, and he, right, you got the story. So if you have to co-sign, here's the story. There is a separate agreement that you have. It's called a sole and separate property. Now, that's the extent of my legal advice. I need you to speak to an attorney, and you have an attorney do what's called a post-nuptial agreement. Post means after, nuptial is wedding, after wedding agreement. 
Family law lawyers, divorce attorneys, family law lawyers, uh, attorney specialists can do this for you, where you sit in and you say, hey, listen, I, uh, I'm i heir of Hallaby. I'm coming into some money or I'm going to co-sign on this house until such time where we change our mind. This house is my sole and separate property. So even though I'm married, I'm in a community property state and my wife and I are living in this house. It's under my name and my dad's name. It's called a post-nuptial agreement. The reason is because then when it comes time and she says, and you know what? You get out of the house. He goes, no, 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 no. You can't live here. No more than you can live down the street in Mary's house or Joe's house or Steve's house. You can't. You have to go because it's not hers. Same thing with ladies with him. If your mom or dad give you money, a young lady, then you might want to look at it and say, well, um, Husband, this isn't yours. You're a lazy son of a gun. You're sitting on the couch. There's plenty of jobs out there. Get back to work. You think you're going to sit around and and live on my dad's money? No, thank you. Post-nuptial agreement. Okay, I like that as a way to... Listen, it keeps the conversation clean and simple because I don't want it to be where, where you're quit claiming. Never quit claim your name off of it. Unless you're off the loan, great. Okay, What about rent, leasing and rent? All right, here's where I go with this. What I have seen, my experience, when it it comes to renting or leasing and co-signing in that conversation, the success that I have seen is when clients say, listen, Arif, it's a $2,000 a month rent. It's for one year. It's $24,000. I have that sitting over here in a savings account. Now, I don't expect them to not pay. They've always paid. There's never been a problem. But just in case they don't pay, I have a full 12 months. If the day they walk in, they don't pay for the next 12 months, I have 12 months of that rent sitting right here. Okay, that's important because every month that goes by, you don't need that money for that purpose. You could still keep it, of course, in case they break a, you know, a wall or a window or something and don't fix it. But really, all of these things go down the exact same road. You know and I know. Somebody that's been in your life for 10 or 20 or 30 years, you know if they're trustworthy with money. Trust your, your gut. You know, when I speak sometimes, I talk about how my wife's instincts are amazing when it comes to selecting, you know, who's going to be in our life, people, friends, right? She, she doesn't have an opinion on everybody like, I like you, I don't like you, you're not nice, you're nice. She, she doesn't do that. But if she does, if she says, you know, this is a pretty nice person, this is a good person for us, Wow, I really like him. Invariably, she is correct. And here's the worst part. When she says, this is a bad guy, or this person is a jerk, or there's something about them I don't like, guess what? She's always right. And why I say it's a bad part is sometimes I don't listen to that. Right? I mean, we hired somebody recently, and she said, he's not with us anymore, and she said, I just didn't like them. I said, well, yeah, but let's give him a shot. You know, feel sorry for him. That's my problem, right? And then she says, you know, there's just something about him. I I don't know. I don't like him. And guess what? Surprise, she was right. So, you know, sometimes in your life, you have that gut instinct. Women call it what? Women's? Yep. Women's intuition. But I think men have it too, right? That gut instinct that we're going to trust our gut. Yeah, just didn't feel right. Right? We get to do that. Make a noise, put on our flannel shirt and our baseball cap. 
You got it? You'll figure it out. If that child, niece, nephew, cousin, grandson, granddaughter, if, if they are not trustworthy, you know it already. So what I'm giving you is just how to make it not really, really bad. How to keep yourself, yeah, you lost $500 or 1000 but it's better than losing that money and then more and then attorney fees and your credit and stuff was seized and stuff was leaned. You know, forget it. Because as a retiree, at the end of the story, you're the one with the money. And because we keep our clients' money safe, protected from the market declines, we keep your money from going backwards when the market goes backwards. We are protecting the principal. When the market drops and they lost 50% of their retirement accounts and you didn't, surprise, guess who's going to come knocking? Right? The good news is our clients didn't lose a penny. The bad, news, the bad, <laughs> the bad relatives now know that. No, so keep some of your, your financial information private from them. We have a, a few clients whose kids are in the financial industry, but they don't want to work with them. They work with us. They trust us. And they said, you know, my kids are going to inherit the money. I'm certain that they're going to take it and manage it themselves when we pass away. But between now and then, I don't want their biases to come in play. I don't want them to know about our financial life. I want somebody I trust and I respect who's going to also take care of me, you know, the right way. So that's kind of where we fit into that story. Our job is to make sure we are not really getting involved with the day-to-day involvement of your nieces and nephews and the family drama. It's not my goal. But what I do prefer is that you have kind of a background of who you know and who you trust. And if there is, are you ready for this? This is sometimes the sticky, the yucky. When you are in a position to be confronted and you go, gosh, there's a lot of family stuff tied and they saw that I gave money to that trustworthy older sister of theirs, but now they are not so trustworthy. How do I do it? I want you to refer back to the show because if it's about a car, I told you how to do a car. If it's about a student loan, here's my solution. Give them the money. Do not co-sign for a student loan. Never, ever, never, ever, ever co-sign for a student loan. Yeah, but then they wouldn't get into, then you know what? Their butt goes to community college. Yeah, but if it's expensive, then you know what? They take seven years to get a four-year degree. They go work part-time. They clean toilets like I did at the city park, right? That was my job for two summers, summer of 84, summer of 85. Those two summers of 84 and 85, I was... My job was to clean a a park, a public park in Granada Hills. Part of my duties. I was 16 and 17 years old. I think it was $4 an hour. Guys, it it was amazing. What a great experience. Why? Because I had friends. I had my own money. I had to show up at work. I had to learn how to fill out paperwork, you know, your timesheets and all, all that stuff. What a great experience it was for me. I was an employee of the city of Los Angeles at 16 years old. So, you know, there's part of this life journey for them. And and you want to have your kids live in this bubble where they're busy 24-7 and they have something to do 24-7. You think if you fill their mind with stuff that you've thought of, that their mind is not going to be active and creative. I'm telling you that is a mistake. As a man who's who's raised three children that are all in their 20s now, it's a mistake to do that. 
let them fail a little bit. Yeah, but I got into Stanford. But then you know what? You're going to work and you're going to carry the student loans yourself. Because if you think this is that big of a deal, then the student loans go into your name, Junior, not mine. Because this is... Now, when I die and I leave you an inheritance, you can pay off your student loans. If I spend all my money before I die, well, then that's tough luck. You better still pay off your student loans. It is nothing but prison, student loans. And you know it. Don't clap while your child goes off when they receive that letter. Yay, you get to be in debt for 250000 I was accepted. And all of us run around and we go, yay, high five. I'm telling you guys, because nobody else will tell you. Everybody thinks they focus on the I was accepted. Oh, you know what? How about they pay for it if they're so happy to have me? These institutions, Harvard, billions of dollars, and they applied for the loan. They get it, and they, you know, they tell President Trump this week with all the arrogance, we're, we're going to keep the money. They have billions. So please keep in mind, you want to give your kids money for college? You write them a check. Gone, over, bye-bye. I'm okay with that. But your retirement needs to be safe and protected. And that means from your relatives. It means from debt. It means from creditors. And certainly it means from the market. And that's what we're here for. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Thanks for being a part of our show. Appreciate it. Give me a call this week if you have a question. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Arif Halaby on AM870, The Answer. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you.